So there's something that I wanted to talk about first. Okay. And I feel like it's perfect for an intro because it's about theme songs. Oh. You know how we sing the Entertainment Tonight song? It's like, Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Yeah. Entertainment News. And then you do dress. What do you do for Jurassic Park songs? Like, see a dinosaur. There's a dinosaur at Jurassic Park. <laughs> but there's also, who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Blade Runner recently, and I and the one theme is like Blade Runner, 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 Blade. Runner. <laughs> Wait, there's so Keeping Up with the Kardashians, their most recent one. I'll play it for you, and I'll okay. and I'll, then I'll sing it because I know you don't know it, and I'll sing you what the version is to me. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to work. So I was thinking, what would ours be? So I wrote it today. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't have to answer that. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So what do you got? So how did you write it? Like on, on your voice memo or something? No, on the toilet. Well, yeah. on, the, on the toilet. <laughs> but did you like sing it into your phone or something? No, I didn't. It's in my head. Tracy and Rich. Tracy and Rich. Weed. <laughs> but there's <laughs> also another version that's the explicit version. Oh, no. Oh, well, oh, yes. <laughs> That's uh, the parental advisory one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one do you like better? I couldn't decide. I think the second one is just, you know, more creative. Like it's got more words, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's good job. I'm glad that you had a productive day. Thank you. What's the story behind the story? How did you uh, come up with that? Were you just like singing it to yourself on the toilet and then? Yes, I was wow. literally. Wow. Yeah. Well, good thinking. I mean, that's something that we're into. It's one of those things. <laughs> So we did it to ourselves. It only took us 19 episodes to get there, but we got there. I feel like we shouldn't probably record it. You know, like I think that maybe just like let people sing it to themselves or whatever words they want to sing when it comes. I just recorded it right now. I know, but I'm just saying when you play the theme song, I don't think I don't think the theme song should change. I still think it should be the theme song. I mean, maybe for season two, we'll get another theme song. Maybe we could have like an acapella group doing the instrumental and you know. <laughs> show me that smile. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to sing it together? No, I think that you can do it. Oh, you don't want to sing it? I hate when it I is, sing on this. It is. It's high. It's high. It's a yeah. high pitch song. Yeah. I mean, I know I just sang, but I feel like I've sung enough, you know. Okay. There should be like a uh, there should be like a cap for me. I mean, you have a beautiful voice, so you can just oh, sing you. all you want. <laughs> <laughs> so so, um, someone sent us an email just from the subject line alone. I think it might be too good just for the Patreon. 
the subject line says vaped with Tracy at Anna Nicole Smith opera. <laughs> I'm an OG pot psych fan. And years ago, my friend and I ran into Tracy at the Anna Nicole Smith opera. We shared that we were fans of yours and you were so nice and offered us your vape. It's always a relief when people you admire via media are cool in real life. You know, to be honest with you, I would never do that in a post COVID-19 world. Well, that's true. I would true. never do that again. You know, this is good because it's not like an advice question. She just gives us talking points, which is great. Yeah. Well, I also, uh, I mean, like, let's like not let's include the part about me, which says, Rich, I've never met you. Say? Rich, I never met Where you. Where did she I- say this? Oh, it's the next sentence. <laughs> Rich, I've never met you, but I think we'd hit it off. I follow you in Prince. That's my cat. And brown tear stains on white dogs also really bum me out. I mean, it is a problem. And it's I feel like true. I really put my yeah. finger on like a, 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 did. a, a social ill in a way. I mean, yes. I, it makes me ill. I, I saw it the other day. <laughs> I, You know, and dogs like when dogs are like running outside and they seem so happy and they're all tear stained. It's like you you're not fooling me. I could see <laughs> your sadness <laughs> written all over your face. The tracks of your tears. Yeah. I'd love to hear your guys' takes on the following. Okay, so number one, Queer Eye. Yeah. I've never seen the new Queer Eye. I watched the first season in in I don't know if I watched all of it or some of it, and then I never and I wrote about it and then I never went back. By by having complete inexperts on the show. It perpetuates the idea so strongly that gay men are innately special and, in fact, put here just to serve non-gay people uh, for the most part. So um, I kind of think it's annoying, really. Well, one thing I did like is that at least with the first season, and I and I really I think it's like on the fifth season, so I'm super behind and really don't know what I'm talking about at this point. But what I saw in the first one was that. Um, they, they were like very kind to each other, which I thought was cool in terms of portrayals, you know, in terms of representation mm-hmm. to have like gay men, uh, several gay men in a group together that aren't just like bitching at each other, you know, or tearing each other down in some like needlessly scathing way. Uh, they're all kind of supportive and talk to each other like humans, which I appreciated. Um, Love Island UK. Mm. I watched the first season I gave it a shot a couple of years ago and there were just too many episodes. I couldn't finish it. It was just too many episodes. There's like 50 something episodes, one season. That's how I 60? feel. That's how I feel about so many British shows. Like isn't Celebrity Big Brother on like every day when it airs? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I can't do Big Brother here. That's three times a week and it's like too much. Uh, 90 Day Fiance, two hours a week is actually too much, especially if there's more than one 90 Day on. I've totally fell behind 90 Day, you know? So I just, I, I've never watched Love Island. It seems like something I would like. It seems good. I'm sure it's great. Uh, enough people watch it that it doesn't need my eyes. So that's how I feel. Okay. J.K. Rowling's turf ideology. Turf meaning? Trans-exclusionary, trans-exclusionary radical, radical feminist. Raginal? Raginal. Raginal feminist. J.K. Rowling's turf. You say ideology. So I say is ideology. It, is it Rowling or Rowling? I don't know. I guess rallying, rolling. I don't know. Who? Ca- I don't. Well, I, I I actually don't know if I if I know. I think I've just always said rallying, but it might be rolling. I don't know either. I mean, I don't. I don't say her name. <laughs> She's like your Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the full question is: How can I reconcile my forever love for and comfort from this series when I feel completely betrayed by J.K.R.? Well. 
I think the turf ideology is stupid and she should butt out of something that's none of her fucking business. I hate, I'm so what? sick of Why these. Why is cis- she stepping in it on I'm purpose? I'm so sick of these cisgender people saying shitty things about trans people when they have no fucking, what's the, what's the expression? No foot in the race? No clue. No glove no, in the No dog ring, in this race. No dog in the race. They don't have any of it. Yeah. They have none of it. They have not a fucking skin thing. Skin in the game. No skin in the game. No skin in the cat. No skin off. It's no skin <laughs> off their neck. At all of it. <laughs> none of it. All of it and none of it at once. <laughs> just shut up. I'm, I'm just so sick of people yeah. like doing this thought exercise thing when it's just like, just believe people. Just listen to them. Who It's not hard. You know, it's not hard to just... Take people at their word. Betty Friedan was kind of homophobic and she didn't really want gays included in feminism. She didn't want them included in the movement. She didn't want them included in the ERA and they included it anyway. And they were like, this is important. And you're just going to sound stupid like Betty Friedan sounds stupid if you're just like leaving people out. I just think that trans people for so long have been told, go away, you're not welcome here, that like as a conscious thinking person... I don't know how you could perpetuate that. That just is so wrong to me, just on a very fundamental human level. Like, imagine saying those words to, to somebody's face as opposed to, like, a group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be so, uh, you have to be, like, such a mean, nasty person to tell someone to go away, you know? And that's what I think that these exclusionary people are doing. And I, I think it's mean. I think have a heart. Oh, should we, um, should we talk about the donations? Okay. We raised through through the listeners alone $1900.75. Um nice. And that's in addition to the $1000 that we gave. I mean, we matched you know up to $1000 out of our pockets and people went above and beyond. We had a $500 donation. Shut up. Yeah, a a, a listener named Christy Five hundred dollars. That's our that's our winner. Christy just won a lifetime subscription to our Patreon. Yeah. Bonus episodes. Yeah. I hope it's worth it. Um, but that was to the Trans Women of Color Collective. That's amazing. So That's great. Yeah. Good job, everyone. That's you did a good thing. And so how much is that all together? It's like three thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, twenty nine hundred dollars. That's great. Not bad. How many more dollars are we off from Hitting the three thousand, a hundred, ninety nine twenty five. So let's try to get a hundred dollars. The first person to send us a donation receipt for a hundred dollars, dated after today, will also get a free lifetime subscription. That's a good idea. And so you can donate. Just send it to the Trans Women of Color Collective. Let's make it easy. Yeah. T W O C C. Just do it to them. Send them a hundred dollars or more, and um. Well, the first person. Okay, you said the first person. Yeah, that's a good idea. The first to, person. To send it to us. Yeah, but you know what? And and if you're the second person, then you still donated money. And that's a great that's a great idea. Let's see how much more we can get. So what else you got? Um, Debbie Harry. I listened to her terrible, okay. amazing memoir. Uh, except she calls it a memoir. Memoir? <laughs> yeah, she keeps saying memoir. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Does she tell like about her childhood and stuff or does yeah, it just I mean, mostly she, get yeah, she okay. talks about being adopted and she says her earliest memory is at three months huh. she remembers the petting zoo that was she also says like she lived amongst ghosts 
And okay. okay, she tells a very long story. She says that she was picked up in New York while hitchhiking on like Houston Street by Ted Bundy. And get the fuck out of here. But then she says that the story was debunked because he was in Florida at the time. But then she insists, but it was him. So she says that that he picked her up and was all weird. And also, like, the logistics of the story don't make any sense because she says that the windows were cracked and she went to roll down her window and noticed that the crank wasn't there. And then she realized that nothing was there, that he had, like, taken everything out, the handle off the door and everything. And she compares the car to Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, the car in that. And then she says that she was able to get the window down. She was able to get her arm out of the window enough so that she was able to open the door from the inside, you know, the outside latch from the inside, even though the window was so up that she needed to put it down. And she jumped out of the car and he never came back. And then she saw a news story about him. And uh, I don't believe it. I mean, I know, I know I'm she to tells women, she, but I don't believe it. She tells in she this is listening to this book is like having somebody babble at you at a party. That's like <laughs> fascinating. But you're like, I do have better things to do. But I will listen to you for at least a while. You know, wait, <laughs> I was never a Muppets fan. It was way too goody goody for me. But after I saw Dizzy Gillespie on the show, I thought if he did it, I want to do it. How many other things did <laughs> since uh, when was Dizzy Gillespie's life the measure of, of Debbie Harry's goals? <laughs> also, like to think of like a, a like a progressive children's show as being too goody goody is a very weird take. Too goody goody. Also, the Muppets were it's a little children. bit, but also slightly racy in their way. Like the Muppets actually were, kind of yeah. weren't goody goody. Like that's what was fun about no, them. They had that band. What's the band called? The animals in Dr. Teeth and the, the Electric Mayhem. They're cool. I don't know what she's talking about. There's the one guy with the, that plays saxophone and he's like yeah. a total stoner with just like the, the glasses. Yeah. Did you know that she dated Penn Jillette? No. In the 90s? Okay. She's cool. She calls him a big man, big personality, big everything. Okay. I mean, he's like, what, six, five, six, seven? I think six, six, she says. huge. Yeah. She also talks about David Bowie's dick, which she says he was legendary. His size was legendary. And? And? Well, one night they were What did she think? Oh, she she agrees. Like she's she's sharing it. Oh. Like this was the truth. Um, yeah, she said that one night she they were like at some show backstage, and she didn't like doing coke, but she had a bunch of it, so she gave it to David Bowie, uh, who was there with Iggy Pop, and then David Bowie pulled out his dick, and then um and then she's like, well, I don't understand why Iggy Pop wouldn't show me his dick. Huh. Probably because he was embarrassed after David Bowie showed his. He said that the, she said that they were laughing and having a great time. But okay, so no, the, but I mean, maybe he felt like he wouldn't. Oh, uh, measure up. It, yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Didn't Iggy Pop perform naked anyway? Did he? I want to look at his nudes. I think so. I think Iggy Pop went on stage naked. He seems like the type. If he didn't, he should get on that. He should. He could have a, like a whole new wing of his career. Oh, there's yeah, there's tons of nudes of him yeah, of all over. Oh my god. Okay, let's see. It's 
flaccid. It's hard to tell. I know. It's hard to tell. You can't tell anything from a flaccid dick. You could tell a little bit. You could tell enough to... It's it's something to talk about. You know, it's something interesting, but it's not... It's not a fair, look, fair, fair way of judging. He could grow a lot. Yeah. A lot of them can. Like. A lot of them can. So the last chapter of the book is all about, I mean, like, not all about, but mostly about thumbs. Um, about what? Thumbs. Thumbs? Yeah. So I... I hand thumbs? Hand thumbs. I think first of that game where you try to trap the other guy's thumb under yours while the rest of your fingers are gripping their fingers. Then there is the old saying, I'm all thumbs, which is a peculiar mental image and is a feeble excuse for clumsiness. The thumb may seem like the ugly stepsister, but it's actually the most important digit. Is she fucking kidding? Thumbs up, (laughs) thumbs down, thumb your nose, and rule of thumb are all creditable phrases that have stood the test of time. So be careful to whom you give a thumbs up. She was having a hard time with her word count. That is what this is. You remember in our, Rich and I wrote a book and in one of the chapters, we literally wrote about bees. (laughs) Just, we didn't have anything else to say. Why not? Yeah. Well, we did a book, we did a book report. To be fair. We did a book report on a book about a child, a children's book about bees. We also went through at one point and separated all the contractions (laughs) in the book to get all, to hit our word count. Yeah. And then there's one chapter where we're like, so we never, ever, 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 ever. Why, why does she talk so much about thumbs? Okay, I, I have I have that included too. I thought a little bit of levity might be a good way to end my somewhat morose memoir, hence all this thumb business. I wouldn't want you writing me off as a total sourpuss. That's why. <laughs> okay. That's weird. What is morose in the book? People probably die, right? Not even that. I mean, Andy Warhol died, you know? I mean, people died, but like... It's not that morose. It's pretty much just the story of her and the band. Also, something that's amazing is she talks about being too much of a lightweight for pot. And yet she did heroin, you know, for a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. She talks a lot about doing heroin. And and she never talks about kicking heroin either. That at least as far as I heard, there was no, I mean, Keith Richards has pages and pages and pages in his book of like what it's like to kick and why and how you get sucked back into it. And he's just like, and exactly why heroin is so great and blah, blah, blah. And Debbie Harry's like, yeah, we're just like doing heroin. Some people, there are very few people, but there are some people where it's just like that for them. Yeah, um, like weekenders. Janelle, Janelle from Teen Mom 2 was like addicted to heroin for like maybe two years or something um, off and on. And when she stopped, she just stopped and then she never went back. And then that was it. And like, I mean, nobody like her life is a disaster. But like, I feel like a lot of people don't give her enough credit that like she kicked heroin. She didn't even go to rehab for that. She went to rehab for pot. That's actually. Wow. Pot and not heroin. I'm glad I never did heroin. I have a good story, though. I've, I don't think I've ever told it publicly. Okay. I don't know if we've talked about it in a while. We definitely talked about it when it happened. So the year was 2002. I was working at Bust. It was when the Breeders title TK was about to come out. Okay. I 
was assigned to interview Kim Deal. And it was like my first celebrity interview. I was just like so excited and so nervous. And I was like 22. So anyway, I went to go interview her. It was at a hotel. I went up to her room. We were supposed to like do the interview at the bar. And her manager came down and brought me up to the room instead. And then there were other members of the breeders in there, not her sister, but like some guys. It was right when the Osbournes had first premiered. There had only been three episodes that had aired. So it was like the first three weeks of the Osbournes. And I go in and the first episode is on. Uh, and she's like so hooked. So, you know, the reason why she didn't come down was because she wanted to watch the Osbournes. And I love the Osbournes. I love most reality TV. So I sat down on the bed with her. There were two queen size beds. She didn't want to do the interview yet. She wanted to watch it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I kept trying to get her to talk a little bit but I was like totally content with just watching the Osbournes with her she fucking loved it she was like cracking up she was wasted she kept drinking from the mini bar and I started asking her some questions and I, I'm sure my questions were terrible I was so nervous so would you call yourself a feminist I don't know actually and she went into the bathroom and she and this was at a time in my life when normally I would be like, yeah, and then her, Yeah. but she off <laughs> and I was like, no, thank you, because I was like working. Yeah, you know? I'm professional. And yeah, I, I just, you know, and then she came back on the bed and then she, I was talking to her and she lit a cigarette and then she started nodding off. Oh. Like she just like dropped her hand down onto her. She was like like uh sitting we were sitting like crisscross applesauce in the bed facing each other and she just like her hand and then the cigarette was just like burning burning and burning and burning and i didn't know what to do and i was just sitting there absolutely silent and then she like jumped up and she's like why the feminist crossed the road she stuck her finger in my face why did the feminist cross the road why to fucking suck my dick (laughs) okay and then started laughing and then like kind of fell over but i was like oh shit she did and like all the while like allegedly just oh she allegedly she alleged she allegedly something yeah that made her not off right i just was really glad that i didn't do it yeah. Because I had to meet my mom and my aunts my and cousins for like dinner after. It was something to do with Mars. Mars? There was like a Martian, wasn't oh, there a Martian restaurant? Oh, that sounds good. I want to go there. It, it's gone now. But when you, before you would go to sit in your table, like right when your table's up next, you do, you get into a, um, a simulated spaceship oh my God. ride. Yeah. It's like, like at Epcot kind of. Mars 2112. That's what it was called. And, but was the interview over after she told the feminist joke? So she told the feminist joke. And then the manager came in. And he was like, we have to go. And I was like, I didn't do shit. I didn't do this interview yet. And the manager was like, we, we have to make the plane. And then she's like, tell Electra to go fuck themselves. I'm staying here and they're paying for it. And then she turned to me. And she's like, you want a beer? <laughs> So then the manager was just like, I could tell that he was just like, fuck. 
the other guys from the band, they just, they left, they all left. They all went to the airport. And then we stayed in this hotel room. She wanted me to stay to watch all of the Osbournes (laughs) together. And we did. We watched like an hour and a half worth of the Osbournes. And, um, and then I remember I left and I was just like shitting myself the whole time because I knew it wasn't a good interview. I knew it was a good anecdote, yeah. but I knew it was not a good interview. And I went back to bust and I was like, you guys, this is so bad. It ended up not running. We, it didn't, it didn't run and bust. When I finally listened back to the audio, I realized that I had recorded it on double time. And so we sound like chipmunks <laughs> in the entire interview. So not only is it so awkward and so bad, but also we sound like chipmunks. But yeah, so that was the time I almost maybe did with Kim Deal. I think she's sober now. Good. So in The Guardian from 2017... It says, Kim stopped drinking in 2002 and, like Kelly, is now completely sober. Oh, maybe she got sober right after that trip. Maybe maybe this was the, the straw that broke the camel's rock back. Rock bottom. Wow. Yeah. That's a story. I was there for rock bottom. Been there for a lot of people's rock <laughs> bottom, to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if that's true, maybe you're, maybe you're driving what people is it to about rock me? bottom. I know. I'm like an anchor. <laughs> I'm talking that I very specifically have been there for people's rock bottoms like the day before they go to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I watched Jaws this week and you know what okay. struck me? is that like the cop in that movie is the good guy and the shark's the bad guy. And so much has happened in the past 45 years that now the cop is obviously the bad guy and the shark is the good guy. We'd want to preserve the shark. Kind of yeah. crazy how time caught up with that movie and flipped it all around. Life comes at you fast. It does. Like a <laughs> shark swimming backwards. Do you ever... <laughs> do you ever... Um, do you ever look at the, the shark tracker? No. Online? No. They track sharks. Oh my God, it's incredible. You can see where they're going all up and down the Atlantic. Cool. There have been so many sharks that have been like right off of LBI. And wow. I know that there must be that are right off of Ocean City. Are you looking? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's on a website called osearch.org. O C E A R C H, no S. It's like ocean. Search. Is it Osearch? Osearch. I, I think it's Osearch. I think it's right, but there's no S in it. So it's O-C-E-A-R-C-H. There's one Mary Lee. It's a woman, a woman. It's a female <laughs> white shark that's uh, 3,400 pounds. Yeah, 16 feet. That's not that far from LBI. That's not, isn't that nuts? Like people yeah. who have their boats out that far. It's, it, it is interesting though that if you look up the New Jersey coast and then go back around to Long Island, it's like the vast majority of the sharks that are tracked are white sharks. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were so many because I was always told like they're, you know, growing up and watching Jaws and being scared of them. Oh. It's like, oh, they don't come around here. I know. My mom was like, no, they would never be here. Yeah. And they're there. <laughs> I know. Last summer I learned that. It's it's wild. I, you know what? I feel the same way about the water as I do the bull. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, you go in the water, you get bit by a shark. That's the price you pay. 
you know? If you don't want to get bit by a shark, don't go in the water. Do you do you not go in the water? No, I do, but I'm I'm not like against being bitten by a shark, you know? Oh, okay. Well I am. I can't there's one called a whale shark. Yeah. Twenty five thousand pounds. Yeah, it's the biggest shark. Twenty five thousand pounds. Yeah. What weighs twenty five thousand pounds? I like don't know. Plane? I don't know. How many tons is that? It's like eight tons. Uh, twenty five would be twelve tons. Twelve and a half. Two two thousand oh, pounds. A ton, a ton. Oh, a ton is two thousand. Yeah. You'd think I'd know with all the TLC shows I watch. I know. How much is a stone? I don't know. It's like thirteen pounds or something. Why do they even do that? I don't know. It's confusing to me too. Bush had an album called Sixteen Stone. Yeah. Right. So I just did that math real quick on yeah. the calculator. 14 times 16, that's 168. What does that mean? Is that how much Gavin Rosdale weighs? Uh, I got I got 224. But 12 times 14? Uh, 14 times 16, I thought. Didn't you say 16 stone? You're right. It was, it was 16. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that he weighed that. At any point. So what's the meaning of, of 224? Well, maybe it's 16 stone is like... Do you think that they're making fun of somebody that's fat? Do you think it's an inside joke? Let's see what the Wikipedia says. When asked why lead singer Gavin Rosdale chose the name 16 stone for the name of their album, he said, once upon a time, there was a lonely man, my friend, who called a number advertising a 21-year-old Scandinavian beauty new in town. When she arrived, she was 40 years old and 16 stone. So yes, they are so making yeah, they are making fun of someone. It, it's a fucking fat joke. Yeah, that's crazy. What a stupid reference. Uh, the girl was sixteen stone. Do you think that it wasn't really his friend? It was really him. Maybe. And he says it was his friend. What a what a shithead. You know, there was a lot of controversy because he dated Marilyn. Marilyn who? Well, Manson? Marilyn was like this this associate of Boy George's that had a pop career. From what I understood, Marilyn just dressed in drag, very like non-binary or or or, or non-conforming, presenting to the extent that I think she may have actually been trans. I don't like the their big selling album was a fat joke. Yeah, although I do think that like um, I feel like I was able to recognize a new level of my gayness through the glycerine video. So. I owe him that. <laughs> he looks okay. He looks alright. Is he right. remarried? Was he what? Oh, was he remarried? I don't know. And he's like a young girlfriend, of course. They always do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I watched the Five Bloods, the Spike Lee Netflix thing. Did you watch that? Oh yeah, was it good? Like yes and no, you know, it's two and a half hours. Firstly, I found it entirely entertaining, even when I didn't really like it that much. And I love Vietnam movies, you know, that's why I was excited to watch this. So, that's so weird. Do you like Forrest Gump? No. Okay. Well, that's like the Vietnam movie. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not true well, at all. Like more than it is. More than Apocalypse Now. To an entire generation of people. Yeah, but Apocalypse Now was a huge hit. What about yeah, Platoon? What about Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um I haven't I didn't even realize that Forrest Gump was a Vietnam movie. I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't seen it since I've started liking Vietnam movies, so uh maybe I will watch it. Yeah, watch it. It made me cry. 
Do, have you watched it recently? Um, yeah, I probably watch it almost once a year. It's always on TV. Whenever it's on TV, I can't help myself. I watch it. That It came out when I was like starting to be anti-mainstream, you know? So okay. there's like stuff I saw at that during that period because I think it was 94. But then there's like stuff I started to just miss intentionally. So like with like really like I've actually never seen Titanic, you know? What? Yeah, I just never saw it. I just it. watched that with Una for the first time after Christmas or after did, Thanksgiving. Did she like it? She loved it. We've oh, watched wow. it like three times since oh then. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Uh, I think I said it all. Oh, I, I, yeah. You know what? I do have something to say, which is okay. thank you for sticking with us. You know? I yeah. appreciate now more than ever the patronage and listens i just think that our last episode was a i don't want to say positive experience but i'm just very happy with how things went and i think it's cool that we were able to talk about those things and that people allowed us to you know the space to really talk through them so i appreciate that thank you yeah if you want more of this, you can go to patreon.com slash pot psychology. Um, it's basically just you're just doubling. You're basically getting 50% of our episode if you're just listening to the free version. Also, we have a book club. Our next meeting is on July 7th. And the book that we're doing is called The Chiffon Trenches, a memoir by a memoir <laughs> by <laughs> Andre Leontelli. I bet he pronounces it like that, too. Probably. Memoir. Probably. If you want to join the book club, um, you can find more info at patreon.com slash pot psychology. This has been. It's been nice. It's been. It's been. Oh, it's been. All right. Well, it's been nice for it me. It has been. It's been. It, I thought it was nice. It was nice. I'm sorry. It's fine. You can feel how you feel. I'm a little bit drunk. Oh, well, that's nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye.